Hi, my name is Sean Taylor, and this is Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek. And this week we are going to talk about Episode 5 of Avatar The Last Airbender, and it is called The King of Omashu. Uh, Chris, how you doing? How's the new job going? Uh, doing well. I actually did something the other day. Uh, looked, at, <laughs> looked at how much, what fiscal impact that increasing hospice rates will have on a, on, on a state. So you did an actual job thing. That's pretty exciting. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. And lately, uh, I've been working on an Avatar poster, which I've been always love. Well, I've only done like two of those. Um, well, not Avatar, but two like poster project thingies. Um, but it's coming along really well. I'm really enjoying it. Did you show that in one of the episodes, or did, did we just talk about it prior to an episode? I think is we what talked about it because I asked you like how, pretty much asked you about poster composition and how <laughs> I've cracked. Or not how the science, about the the science of movie posters. Yeah, the science of, of movie posters. Yeah, we talked about the science of movie posters for like I don't know, twenty minutes or something. And I'm gonna make a video on how to make posters and I'm gonna talk about the science of that we spoke about pretty much. Well, I was thinking about you mentioned it would be fun to do so uh this leads into another topic of conversation, but you mentioned how it might be fun to do the occasional video on like one offs. Um and I mm -hmm. think that would be fun as well. I think what we should maybe attempt is, so uh, this is kind of on a bi-weekly schedule just by nature of being fairly busy and stuff, but maybe in those in-between weeks when we have time and we can do that extra video, that might be a good opportunity for those one-off videos, which I am totally on board with poster art. We can spend a whole episode talking about poster <laughs> art. I have no issue with that. I will, I will go buy a Jaws poster just to show what great poster art looks like. Still my favorite movie poster of all time. And, I've never uh, seen Jaws. Uh, I don't even know if you have to see the movie to appreciate the poster. It just looks like a tremendous poster. Oh, no, you poster. don't. You don't have to see any movies that appreciate the posters. I mean, they help, I guess. But, but yeah. anyway, uh, we got on this conversation because we <laughs> recently joined a Facebook group where... Um, and it's a, it's just an Avatar The Last Airbender Facebook group, but where people get into very uh, very detailed discussions about their thoughts and feelings. Yeah. And that has been extremely... I do love it. Yeah, this has been extremely entertaining. I'm going to say that 9 out of 10 people in that group are, are very enjoyable to talk to, and they, they take it the right way. It's a Facebook group about a cartoon yeah. that we all happen to love. But then every once in a while, there's one person that like takes stuff really seriously and personally, like the fact that somebody likes Aang more than Korra has offended him or her somehow. And that's, On a metabolic level. <laughs> like it really hurts that person. And there's some people who know absolutely like little about it. They'll ask obvious questions, like, "Why don't you just?" And a lot of people answers are just like, "Did you watch the show? Why don't you just watch the show?" <laughs> like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, it's Facebook. Those people can be. Yeah, there, so. they want to. They want to make friends, I guess. I, maybe they're just getting into it and they want some content. So, like, uh, I'm a good example maybe. here because I have no outside of the show. I have no canonical knowledge whereas you go in here these people are all like a living wiki <laughs> of the of the outer canon so it's like all right you know what? i go there with my show knowledge here and they come back at me with everything else the chris ford knowledge scope which is up here somewhere and uh so yeah you go you go there to learn things to expand but anyway that's been a lot of fun already jumped in on a few discussions some deep ones um that we should get into someday in one of those like i said i think those in between weeks if we can get a one-off episode in between every now and then I think that'd be a lot of fun, and then we could kind of hold to the rigid bi-weekly schedule for episodes. Because we got to finish yeah. in two years, or, <laughs> or it's, it'll be a very long time 
before we get to the end of Korra. But um, <laughs> yeah, so that's been my week is playing around in Facebook on that group and uh, <laughs> watching watching discussions unfold. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, without further ado, unless you have anything else, I do. Mm, nope. I have a discussion point, which I thought about saving it till the end, but it shouldn't take very long. But an example would be that the other day I heard of a fan theory that I've never heard of before. Um, a fair, apparently it's fairly quote unquote prominent per the internet, but I don't really think it is cause it doesn't hold up that well. And I'd never heard of it until like two or three days ago, but the fan theory that states that, um, the avatar that we're seeing right now, it like in these episodes of avatar, the last airbender is actually in sort of a post apocalyptic state that maybe two or three avatars were, uh, cycles ago or, um, something apocalyptic happened and we're still in the recovery phase. And the logic that they use is if you look at the technology from the first airbender from Juan thousands and thousands of years ago, they're still using the same exact stuff right now. So somebody just essentially stated that somewhere in there, there was kind of a restart of society. uh, Whereas the the technological shift from here to the legend of Korra, like is, is astounding. You know, we go from firebenders Mm -hmm. having cool, cool technology here. That's still ancient feeling, but then by the time yeah. we get into core, there's very highly advanced stuff. So There's airplanes. <laughs> there's airplanes. So, um, yeah. And was, radio. <laughs> so that was that was a weird fan theory that I was like, you know what? Chris is going to have an easy way just to like <laughs> like debunk this. I have one more I thought, mean, but I'll let you jump in first. Okay. First, uh, first of all, it would have to be a lot of avatars ago. Also, recently... In in the post I'm working on, I have like all the avatars. There's an episode of Korra, pretty much the season one finale, and it and it shows the lineage of the avatar, and it's freaking everyone. the the uh, The clothing doesn't look like it's changed over all those years, and we do know that that uh, like Juan, he was the first avatar. That was ten thousand years ago. That's a fact. And I don't think things have improved that much in 10,000 years. Um, also, there'll be some type of relics left over from it. And I'm pretty sure it's, I probably debunk it somewhere with have to do with the line turtles and, and bending. Um, but, I mean, Korra, technology and Korra advanced so much mostly because of war. There is a huge technological shift in there that's kind of interesting, but I don't know that that would mean that, a, that an apocalypse or an apocalyptic event would have had to occur recently necessarily it just like um i think the best example i could think of is they always say that there uh you know there's more data uh being created this year than and then every minute before this year whatever i forget how it goes but essentially just the 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 hyperbola hyperbole hyperbola hyperbola of how things escalate and grow in that sense uh, but i do believe that if it was going to happen i have a theory uh, on a fan, fan theory that's incorrect anyways if it did happen, I think it happened during Avatar. I don't know how to say his name. Kurok, 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 And so he Quark. was he was between the previous Airbender Avatar and Kyoshi. Yes. He was between those two, yep. and it said he was kind of arrogant. And it never, and it just depends on like where you divide. Where does canon end and just stuff happening on the internet begin? But it always says that he's like arrogant and spends most of his time just having bending contests and showing off and stuff. So I was like, yeah. you know what? I can see him just kind of True. neglecting his duties and maybe he didn't see that the Fire Nation over here developed like a <laughs> nuclear bomb. And then 
everything exploded and you know whatever it happened he just didn't even notice cause, <laughs> Uh, but that's like I the mean, only uh, place because Kyoshi was a very good avatar, and I forget the Airbender's name before him, but that person was a uh, according Yang to Wiki was a very successful avatar. So yes, uh, uh, when it comes to Avatar Quirk, I wouldn't say he was arrogant. He was he he was a self proclaimed go with the flow kind of avatar. Like his wording to Aang was, "I was a go with the flow avatar," you know. There was peaceful times. People tend to solve their own problems. Um, so I'm guessing there was no problems really to be solved. So I don't think it would have happened during that time period. And that's coming straight out of the uh, out of the TV show itself, which is probably yes. as close to canon as can actually exist. <laughs> Literally as canon. So yeah, it's hard to argue with that. But anyway, uh, technological shift. There is a big jump there. But I think over the grand scheme of all of humanity, we could probably say the same you know, over the past 10,000 years of mankind, it probably looks pretty similar. You know, we went from yeah, I mean, look at, horses I mean, 300 years ago and 200 years ago to cars 100 years ago to now. I mean, yeah, the first car was like, what, 1910? Uh, I think people were driving automated vehicles in the very late 1800s, I think. Very late 1800s? Okay. Right, very late. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, it's uh, close enough. But like before that, I mean, I feel like we've been fighting with... Because, I mean, the Civil War was fought with guns and still muskets at that time. So people were still carrying swords. Revolutionary War, uh, (laughs) prior to that, that was still... um, So, But, I mean, we're we're still talking about, like, a 300-year scope um, where an Avatar, you know, one is 10,000 years ago. And so it's like we're still talking about 10,000 years of humanity to the past (laughs) two or 300 years when everything's spiked up. Like, maybe it's really not that big a shift. It just feels like it because it's a cartoon. And because we're yeah. individuals who don't live that long. <laughs> we don't live as long as certain people in this episode of, uh, of Avatar mm. The Last Airbender, for example. That's a terrible segue, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, I liked it. Uh, you know, actually, before we go to that, though, anything you would like to clean up from last week? Any mistakes we made? Uh, I don't think omitted, so. Omissions? I looked up, I looked up uh, the Kyoshi Wars fighting style. And there was no specific naming of it, I think. It was more so, it was based off like some type of legit fan fighting style. And um, and their their cut, their makeup and stuff was inspiration from uh, China. Which I we forgot just, the name of it. So we didn't yeah. have our details quite down pat, but we were close. Yeah. Um, like I yeah. said, it was uh, using fans and it was counter momentum and that existed somewhere at some point in time. That's a real thing. Uh, quick synopsis of the last episode was the Warriors of Kyoshi. Uh, basically, they take a detour so that Aang can ride this giant koi. And in the process, they meet these warriors from Kyoshi, Kyoshi Island, which is where the Avatar Kyoshi is originally from. And uh, they kind of get hung up there, but then they find out that Aang is the Avatar. He becomes a sort of celebrity. Um, what else even happens in there? Suko does track them down, and that's sort of the climax of the episode. Suko tracks them down, starts burning down the village, and that's when Aang realizes that he sort of poses um, a threat or a cause for concern, at least, everywhere he goes so that they need to stay on the move. Um, so I guess, in, in a way, Aang sort of learns of the effect of what everywhere he goes and how it's going to affect the people around him. Uh, so probably the biggest takeaway from that episode. So Suko does catch up, lights the whole place on fire, there's a cool fight. Uh, but they do escape and they move on, which leads us to this episode, which is called The King of Omashu and the First Scene. 
Uh, yeah, and the and and the backdrop. The whole reason why we're here is that Aang wants to. Well, we'll we'll get to that. Aang wants to pretty much ride the the mailing system. That is a good um, point. This so is this another is a, this is another detour. Just like last time, yeah. he really just wanted to ride yes. <laughs> wanted to ride the giant uh, the giant koi. Here, he just wants to ride the giant slides. In my mind, I, when I first thought of this, I was like, it's like in Breath of the Wild. When you first, uh, not really, this isn't a spoiler, what am I talking about? When you get the paraglider and you can't, you don't really know where you want to go first, so you just have these random things in mind, like, I want to go to yeah, snowballing, because one of my friends... Good, that's a good point. One of my friends told me, so you just start going places that you've heard of, <laughs> and so that's what they're doing right here. I apologize for the interruption, yeah. I just enjoyed that analogy. No, it's a great analogy, like Breath of the Wild, that's, that, that's what I did when I played. I was just like, oh, I just feel like going to go do this like there was no urgency to go <laughs> nick told <laughs> to me about snow- nick told me about snowballing nick johnstone and i was like i gotta do that first that's the first thing i want to do it's a bad idea i don't know what i was i was i wanted to go find the memories first because i really because that's the thing i enjoyed a lot about the game is finding the memories because you're link you know you want to get memory back and get your character back that's going to inform the story it's going to inform the characters so that's what i kind of went on doing uh, and then I got off track doing something else. And then I randomly stumbled upon like the fish brother guy. And I was like, who is this guy? Oh, I'm supposed to he's he's like the the computer help that's gonna get me to the Nets Nets uh objective. <laughs> yes. Oh, in this scene, um are already about to mention it. Um but so we, we introduced Omashu. Omashu is freaking huge, um, very grand very grand city, um, and yeah, and apparently you need security to get in. Uh, are we going to get into one of the greatest characters of Avatar, the net slide? Yes, yes, we are. Okay. We just came from the foamy mouth guy, who only makes two appearances, but Cabbage Guy. This is the first appearance of Cabbage Guy, which... He's a huge influence on the Avatar universe. Like that's not even a joke. That's real. It is. In this episode alone, he has, I believe, <laughs> three appearances. In this yes. episode alone, he is yeah. a celebrity. <laughs> Rewatching it, I was like, okay, I know the Cabbage Guy shows up, but I forgot how many. Like it is a legit running joke in this single in this single episode that it's a running joke. But then it's a continued running joke throughout the whole entire series, the Net series. Um, pretty much, he's trying to get in. They're like, you can't get in while these cabbages. <laughs> so they throw the cabbages, cabbages, just overboard and just, so, oh, my cabbages. So so Sokka doesn't land face down in anything this episode. Nobody else lands face down in anything. This episode, The uh, all the slapstick humor is in the cabbages. But basically, yeah, they roll up to Omashu, this massive city. They've got some hope in their eyes and they're excited. And they see security just like kind of wipe this guy's cabbages off the side of a cliff. And he's really sad. It's my cabbages. And so at that point, they have to start scheming how to get in, which I'm actually going to go backwards a few slides just because I had a picture there. Um, They start scheming how to get in with a disguise. I cannot remember what he calls himself. Mr. Papa Schnappadopoulos. It's it's hard to say. Third. I can't. The third. The third. (laughs) (laughs) But but the important thing is Katara nails it right after. She does. He just makes something up. And it's if they if they ever went on if they ever went on like a date like in the twenty first century like an improv date like oh hey and hey, we should go on a date tonight go to the improv club 
they would be great. <laughs> they got terrific. it. <laughs> the greatest place for them. Um, yeah, and great disguise too on Eng's part. Really pulls off that old guy very well. So. Yeah, that's something, that's something we don't talk about that often. That they have disguise. They have like at least four or five disguises and and uh, aliases that they have assumed over the course of this show. Mr. Papa Stapadopoulos the third, and you know, yeah, it's just uh, they're always very resourceful. Fire. When he and when they go to the fire nation, and uh, his name is Juan, they pretend to be Aang's parents. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I, I can't wait to get to that. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, they go in the city, and then Aang uh, Aang has this flashback, essentially, of of why he brought them there. Uh, yeah, and. And uh, and this is the reason he says, you know, my best friend Boomy, um, we used to, you know, go on these slides. And I was like, so I do legit at night if I can't sleep, I try to think of ways to reboot the movie. <laughs> and <laughs> and <laughs> like I'm not I'm not even lying. That is a fact. It helps me go to sleep at night. <laughs> I'm mean, usually I don't have an issue go to sleep. Okay, context, in case you happen to be listening to this, but not the other ones. I have not seen the movie because I was expressly forbidden to by Chris, essentially. Uh, but you're going to fix it, apparently. I believe uh, I believe your character that was going to play... You know, I can't say it yet because I'll give away important uh, part of the episode. Okay. Come back to that uh, later. But essentially, I wanted to get to Omashu. So in my head, our Aang would... He would definitely go to the Southern Air Temple just to confirm everything, and then on the way he might drop off at Kyoshi Island. Maybe not. Doesn't that's not as important. But I would like the Kyoshi Warriors in the movie. But then he's like, I have to go to Omashu because I have to see what happened to my best friend. Like I have to see. Maybe he died in the war. Maybe I don't know what happened to him. I need to go see him. So that's to me would be the driving point to get them to Omashu. I don't think that the Kyoshi Warriors would need to be in the movie. Uh... In a in a they, plot sense, They're, I don't think they need they to be wouldn't. there. But you could have a very nice like like nod to them, like a fan service nod, like flying over Kyoshi Island, and maybe you see a cool statue in the distance yeah. and, and people training on the ground or something. And it could yeah. be as simple as, "Hey, that's uh, Kyoshi Island where Avatar Kyoshi." Because it's a movie. You got a lot of you got three seasons to stuff in one movie, Chris, on a budget of well, whatever you have in your bank well, account right now. You've got <laughs> you've got a lot of work ahead of you. <laughs> Well, also, this will cause a lot because in my head, I was like, all right, season one will have to be a completely new story because they've already did it in the movie. And you got to do somewhat of a different story. So we'll focus maybe a little bit more on Earth. I don't know, on the Kyoshi Warriors and Jet, stuff like that. Um, but then once you get past that, season two will have to be split up in two because you want, I want it to end with, uh, wait, do I want season? I want it to end with uh, like the drill. Yes, the drill. And then maybe the second movie would be part two of book two, and that would be The Crossroads of Destiny. Um, or you could... Because I want to go a long time without Alpha. Anyway. You know, I'm, we don't need to go through all. Out. And then <laughs> book three would have to be definitely two movies. I didn't realize... But, I thought you were doing one, like, one re, uh, rebooted <laughs> movie. You're talking like a Harry Potter, like when at first when Magical Beasts yes. came out and we're like, hey, it's cool that they're doing this one movie uh, for Harry Potter fans. And then I look on Wikipedia, it's like, we got five Magical Beasts movies, <laughs> which I know that's not what it is. I get it. But my point is... It's at least three. 
It, no, I believe it is. It's going to be five, but it's not Magical Beast. It's going to be the progression of um, you know, uh, like uh. Dumbledore and Grindelwald together, yeah. and they're they're going to have to loop a couple other things in there. But yeah, five movies. Uh, but that's my point. Is in my head, it's just like this is a nice like when I've heard heard of that one. Like this is a nice uh, little like spinoff, just some fan service. That's <laughs> what so you just did there. It's like one movie, and you're like, all right, we're gonna focus on the Kyoshi Warriors in this movie. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, he's ta- he's got to find out right. what happens to his best friend, and then the flashback, <laughs> uh, the flashback that he has is him and his best friend Boomy uh, going down. There's a massive mailing system. In Omashu, it's a very tall city is the best way I can think to describe it. Like, it's sort mm-hmm. of a mountain almost on its own. And it's got the massive mailing system of ramps, uh, or chutes, essentially. And uh, Aang describes it as earthbending sends these um, carriers up. And then gravity pulls them back down with their mail and their different packages. Yeah. But uh, also tremendous... Tremendous sleds, apparently, and that's. Uh, I'm trying. Sorry, I'm trying to think of the line that Boomy says. Instead of seeing what they want you to see, <laughs> you're, you're, you're really seeing what they want you to see. You need to. I can't open your it. eyes to the possibilities. There it is. Yeah, possibilities, and that's like the whole key to that flashback because it's important in the rest of the episode. Like the rest yeah. of it's fun and exciting, but that's what you're supposed to take out of that flashback. Um, so then they get into a, uh, they get into Omashu. <laughs> they, they, I love this, this, uh, this still right here. So they get into Omashu, they ride the sleds, they cause all sorts of just havoc and destruction. They're like ruining people's houses and works of art and, and stealing. When's the last time you had your roof replaced, Chris? Cause they ruined like five of them on their way down this hill. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they destroy, uh, cabbage guys, cabbages again. <laughs> For Again. the second time. <laughs> well, the first time wasn't their fault. So, yeah. Um, they destroy Cabbage Guys' cabbages again. Yeah, and it's a pretty long, extensive scene just for sledding. Like, they're not even being chased by anyone not <laughs> at this at point. All. They're just, it's just sledding and trying to maneuver in and out of it. And then, yeah, they... Uh, and, I, and I did like the action scene. Like, they did the whole... Like there was a scene in there where like a Earth general, Earth Kingdom general was like, "Men, you got to be prepared for anything." And then it just like it does that weird. I feel like I'm gonna call it an indie thing where it pauses on a moment. Yeah, like just stops for a second with the, yeah. with them and this giant mail carrier like sliding right by all these soldiers in the middle of their practice, and it just pauses, yeah. and then it goes again. I should have captured yeah. that still. That would have made perfect sense. Oops. Anyways. <laughs> Um, we'll do it again. It does have a weird way. It's a silly scene and it's a fun scene, but it does have a weird way of there's actually maybe a smidge of tension into it yet. Like you get the sense, it kind of reminds you that hey, Sokka and Katara don't actually know Aang all that well yet, or like the extent of his powers <laughs> and abilities, and so they probably think they're gonna die when they're going. So yeah, there yeah. is like a <laughs> at least a little bit of tension in the scene that makes it not just funny but kind of interesting as well. Yeah. And then his Thing Papa, is- Papadopoulos. Costume uh, falls apart too, unfortunately. Yeah. I think his anger is usually pretty. Uh, he has no no regard for like danger. But he knows his abilities, right? Like I think exactly. he probably has yeah. guard for for actual danger. But they they don't know yes. him that well yet. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's probably the thing that caught my attention here is like they they might actually think they're gonna die, 
in a male <laughs> shoot. <laughs> yeah, because Katara says, "Hey, can't you do something? Use your can't you use your air bending?" He's like, yeah. "Yeah, good idea. We can go faster." <laughs> and then just <laughs> it's a it's a very ang moment. So yeah, there's yeah. some trust being built or destroyed here. Built because they <laughs> live, so it's built. Um, so they they get introduced to the they're brought before the king. Uh, because they are in trouble. And then uh, they're like, what do we do with them? And then Cabbage Guy <laughs> is like, off with their heads! One for each Cabbage lost! Or something like that. Yeah. Cabbage Guy is ruthless. <laughs> he's, he's straight up going to kill these people for hurting his cabbages. <laughs> no sign of remorse. And I know it's done for comedy, but I was like, he's going to kill them. Yeah. Someone needs to check in on Cabbage Guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I love Cabbage Guy. He's the real hero here. But uh, yeah, anyway, they're in trouble and they're brought before the king. Cabbage Guy wants their head, one for each head of cabbage. I believe that's what he says. And then uh, if you care to uh, elaborate, Boomy uh, says. <laughs> yeah, and the thing I love about this episode is it is a, it's, it's a funniest episode to this point. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they do a lot of, of wordplay and a lot of. Uh, Tricking the tricking Aang, and because of his uh, misconceptions, and also tricking the audience because of their misconceptions. Intentional and, misdirection, sort of, yeah. Yes, which plays into the episode, um, into kind of the meaning behind, or the ep- or the lesson that Aang should learn in this episode. Um, and he just says, "All right, King, what is your order, my sire?" And King Boomy goes, "Throw them." A feast, <laughs> and, and the cabbage guy is completely disappointed. He's just heartbroken <laughs> on the side, and yeah. the soldiers. The soldiers look apathetic. Yeah, he does this a lot. He's crazy. Yeah, exactly. He does not throw them at all. <laughs> Even a little bit. Uh, so they they have a feast, and then I don't remember what the pun is, but you mentioned there's a lot of wordplay. Yes. Oh no, I remember it. It's for some reason I will remember it my whole life. Don't know why it follows me. As soon as you um, say it, I'll probably hit myself. Yeah. But uh, they get they get mad and and uh, Sokka says, "Just let us leave." <laughs> and <then> Boomy <laughs> is chewing on a piece of greenery. He says, "Let us leave." <laughs> I don't know why, but it's so. But there's, there's a pun. I found it. There's a pun before that though, but he makes it's like is a straight it? up. There is a straight up joke. Oh, he, oh uh, yeah, because uh, let us sleep one says, will stick with me forever. Absolutely, and it, and it comes back okay. a couple times even. Boomy uh, asks him, "Where's Angs from? Where's uh, Mister Poppinlopidus? Where are you from?" He's like, "Uh, from Kangaroo Island," and he's like, <laughs> "Kangaroo <laughs> Island? I hear it's really hopping this time of year." It's <laughs> <laughs> just dead. <laughs> But that okay, that be oh, and then Saga Saga does crack up laughing at the joke. Yeah, he like he like uh, it takes a minute, like it took him a minute to get it, so everybody else hates it, and then Saga cracks up. But then that does it kind of segues because there's it's very awkward. The whole the whole scene's kind of awkward intentionally, but that does trigger like he's like, all right, I'm you know I beat him off to bed, and then he stands up and he throws that chicken wing, which by the way, chicken wing's my favorite food. Don't ever throw a chicken wing. Unless you know it's the Avatar and he's going to save the chicken wing. But that's what he does. He throws the chicken wing and Aang saves it with airbending. Um, and so essentially just to give away to the, the king that um, that he has the an airbender and there's only one of those left that we know of. 
Yeah. And then uh, and then he locks them up and he says, send them to. <laughs> I don't even remember. It was complicated, but it's it's, it's uh, funny. Throw like, them throw them in the dungeon, and then the guard says the old <laughs> chamber or the new chamber. And then he says the newly refurbished chamber, <laughs> chamber that and then and it goes on kind of a while, but eventually and he's he says, like, "Throw them." Yeah. No, you go ahead. I want to hear the impression. I'm excited. Says, Throw them in the old chamber that is now the newly refurbished chamber. <laughs> and then, like the comedy in this episode, I just find really great. Like it's it's weird. Like. I don't know. I, I want to say it's like, like Monty Python, clever, but actually but funny. Goofy. Yeah, Monty Python's probably good. Like, yeah, goofy. It's not. It's not great or super clever or anything. It's just goofy. Yeah, um, and mostly uh, based on language. And then they get so they get to this chamber. Yes, they get. To the chamber. <laughs> and then Katara's is like, "This is really nice." <laughs> yeah. Well, he did say it was newly furbished. <laughs> And it's dumb, but oh, I love it. It's great. Um, I think Monty Python's a great comparison. Like I said it's not. There's not really like a, any depth to it. It just it's just goofy fun, and definitely the most fun we've had in that sense uh, to this point in the series. So um, yes. So right, so then they're in the cells. They try to find an escape, but there is none. So then they convince Aang to rest. So he lays down. Well, goes, he tries to shove like they're all full, and he tries to shove Momo into a vent, <laughs> and Momo's just not. And you then don't... he can't get out, and they just leave him in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they never address it. He's just in there, and they never come back to him or anything. He's just stuck in there, struggling. He's like struggling visually, uh, visibly, and they they just leave it. That's fine, whatever. Um, yeah, and then they uh, so then they go to sleep, and then Aang is awoken, and uh, he is treated to uh, an alarm clock in the form of a guard, essentially. Uh, yes, and then uh, then Primer says that Boomy will have tests for him, and uh, yeah, he kind of starts those these uh, three trials. So the first one here, um, when he when he wakes up and he walks out with the guard, and uh, the king is like, "All right, the first uh, the first challenge or the first test. What do you think of my oh, outfit?" Sorry, <laughs> and he's like, "What do you think of my outfit?" And Aang's like, "It's." All right, I guess. And he's like, you passed. He's like, I did? And he's like, well, that's not one of the deadly challenges. <laughs> so there again, just another piece of quick, quirky humor. It doesn't really mean or add anything. It just, it's fun. But then we get to the actual first deadly challenge. Uh, yeah, Aang has to get a key because King Boomy needs it for his lunchbox. And it's like, just the <laughs> just the reasoning is, is uh, really silly. Fits right in but, line. Yeah, and Aang finds a way. He uh, throws like one of these spear thingies in with air bending, because you know you see it, you think you got to walk. The key is like being drowned by this huge water stream, and you think that oh yeah, I just got to be strong enough to go up it, up the ladder. But no, up the ladder. yeah, um, yeah. But no, you got to be smarter than that, or more creative than that. Um, you got to throw like the freaking spear rock thingy at it to get the key. Uh. I should have captured that as the still here, but I really like this still because, like, Aang, they're getting, he's legit about to die. Like, that thing looks like it's real close to all of his stuff. And he's <laughs> the future of Air Nation. <laughs> all, of his, 
all of the air nation is at stake right here and it's awful close so i should i should have captured that but this part made me laugh all right so he finds a creative way to get this key uh, which is at the top of a waterfall that's just pouring over the key in the ladder but he gets creative gets it back and then he gets to the second challenge which is my favorite <laughs> Where yeah. uh, how does the king is like, I've lost my dear pet Flopsy. And then he's <laughs> in this arena, and there's this tiny little bunny, and he starts chasing it around. Yeah, so he chases around thinking that Flopsy the, 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 is, is the bunny. So he chases around. But he's also getting chased around by this huge freaking monster. And then he figures out, like, oh, Flopsy. And the animal completely stops in front of him and gives him a nice lick. <laughs> Just picks him up, gives him a big hug. Yeah. I like that when it happens too. He's like he's like arm deep in this rabbit hole, like trying to grab this original <laughs> rabbit, and this giant monster is closing in on him. And he's like, "Hold on, Flopsy!" Like it just let's give it a shot. Maybe it'll work, and it did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Flopsy is a giant rabbit dog thing. They never really say what he is, which is sad. We haven't touched on it a lot yet, but in the series, there's so many animal combinations. Hi. Yeah, and it would have been nice to hear like, is he a rabbit, bear, rabbit, wolverine, rabbit, something? But whatever, he's a giant rabbit thing. No, no, I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. It looks pretty vicious. Oh, that was another that was another part of the apocalypse theory, um, is that that's how all these animals, all these two animal types, got like melded <laughs> together and things like that it was because yeah, well that's been theory. the case. That's been the case forever though. Right, it was like there's oh, a, there literally a giant lion turtle. <laughs> at the beginning of time, yes. so that part doesn't hold up at all. But anyway, <laughs> who is God? The the God Lion yeah. Turtle. So yeah, there was already yeah. blending well before whatever apocalypse could have happened. Yeah. Uh, That's why he made animals that way. He made animals in his image. <laughs> they all got to be two things. <laughs> but he's like, God, that doesn't even exist yet. I don't care. Find two things <laughs> and then put them together. <laughs> That, and that's the Avatar creation story. <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. uh, that brings us to the third and final challenge, which is obviously actually the best and most important one. Yeah, which I do love. I love the setup. It's like, all right, uh, choose a fighter. And it comes out with one guy looks really bad and tough. Oh, yeah, looks really bad and tough. And Aang is like, so I just have to point and choose? Like, yes. So he's got one and tough then you guy think, on side of him. Yeah. And you think Aang finally cracked the code of like, all right, I gotta be, I gotta think differently. And he chooses Boomy, thinking he's an old frail man. And then I love the way Boomy, like, I don't know, he just kind of gathers himself up. Like, he goes from being this hunched. He straight up goes Transformer <laughs> on it. Like, he. Pretty much. Like, his back does this whole, like, <laughs> straightened out thing. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, like, I literally, the first time I saw that, and I remember to this day, I was like, it was even like Transformer style cutscenes. Like first they show the knuckles, right? They like crack, yes, and his yeah. hands like get stronger, and then his back straightens up, and then his clothes tear off. <laughs> it's like just straight he up. It's a Transformer. Um, yeah. And so, he just says, "Wrong choice. You're looking at the strongest Earthbender in the world." Played by uh, Morgan Freeman in the Chris Ford yeah. reproduction, which yes. I'm totally okay with. I think that's a great choice. Um, it is important that he does say it is important. He says the strongest earthbender you'll ever uh, you have ever seen. Yeah. Like it's sort of very deliberately worded, and that becomes important later on, probably, at least in my opinion. But um, yeah. yeah, so he picks Boomy, and Boomy's like wrong choice, and Aang just straight up like oh, I thought I had it. Like you mentioned, <laughs> thought he cracked the yeah. code. Uh, he, and then he goes, 
Hey, like, can I get a... Can I choose the other guy? The like, X guy. In my kingdom, there are no takes backsies. No. <laughs> I forgot that, too. Like... I'm sure that's like an actual rule in his kingdom. It's it's on a stone tablet somewhere. Yes, it's no on takes stone. Backsies. No takes backsies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. Uh, so then they proceed to this. Um, it's maybe I might be going a little too far here, but it's probably my favorite one-on-one battle so far. It's not an Agni Kai because it's not Fire Nation people, mm-hmm. but in terms of one-on-one battles, it's probably my favorite so far because of sort of the diversity and the scope of things that happen. Like, to this point, we've seen some cool firebending, sort of uh, martial art firebending-style moves. Boomy literally is, like, tearing... Like, at one point, he tears out a chunk. It's kind of towards the end. He's, like, got a tornado blowing, going crazy, just destroying the whole arena. He tears out a chunk of the arena and hurls it at Aang. Like, we're not talking about pieces of fire. He's, like, hurling massive boulders and things like this. So it just... It's my favorite fight to this point in the series because so many bigger, uh, just more exciting things seem to happen all in a short span of time. It's very exciting. Yeah, um, and one thing we haven't mentioned yet is that Katara and Sokka are locked in some type of rock encasing thing that grows. Uh, Gen- <laughs> Genomite, I believe, is what it's yeah. called. Genomite rings. And that's why Aang, and that's why Aang has to do these trials um, to save them. But yeah, uh, this is one of my. This is probably definitely also my favorite fight to this point. Also, this is our first time we're really seeing Earthbender fight. So we've seen air in the whole episode um, or in the whole series. It's the first time I think we've yes, seen Earthbending. Yeah, yeah, first time, um, and it's a great introduction to it for several reasons. One thing is just you can see the clear contrast that Earthbending has. Like Earthbending is freaking strong and powerful, while Firebending is, is a little bit more longer attacks. Um, and airbending kind of is an all about kind of everything. Oh, and then airbending, yeah, for sure. More of a, I think I probably said this. You know, evasive maneuvers. Um, very, very earthbending defensive. Is, yeah, earthbending has a very strong defense, has a strong offense, um, and also this is one of those episodes where I think the fighting styles show a very clear um, difference between each other. Like Boomy's fighting styles are so freaking different. Like he's so rooted to the ground and uh, he does a lot of kicks and a lot of leg movement um, and if you ever watched the the making of like while, while Sifu Kisu who's the martial arts consultant for the show like the movements he does looks like they just took that and put it on the show uh, because it's just it's so so it's close to it we I do think it sets a really like a very impossibly high standard for earthbending because like the first waterbending we see just guitar. First airbending yeah. you see is Aang doing doing tricks and gimmick, gimmicky type stuff. Um, first firebending is uh, Isuko's training, which that escalates really quickly for sure. Uh, earthbending, we see some male things going up and down shoots, you're like, alright, whatever. And then you see <laughs> this, which like I said, we just both said favorite fight to this point because so many crazy things are happening. Um, He's like the uh, he's like the Ray Lewis Ravens team that won the Super Bowl. Man, he's uh, he's good defense, <laughs> ram it down your throat on offense. Like he's just uh, it's very, what's the word? It's not particularly. Um, I wish there was a Yu Gi Oh comparison. Like it's just a, it's just a pound of high defense, high offense, no trickery. Yeah, and there, there's no finesse. It's, uh, thank you. Finesse. I mean, earth bending is yeah. blunt. It's straightforward. It's just gonna um, just gonna and, hit you in the mouth with it. Um, yeah. 
so the genomite rings that's a good thing we probably should have hit on earlier though is uh basically <laughs> boon boomy has given him uh, uh katara and Sokka these rings that are slowly growing it's crystallizing very quickly uh growing very fast and it's just going to encapsulate them in i think he said 12 hours or something unless ang takes these challenges so that's that's his motivation here he's not just passing the time yeah, um, and another, um, and another thing in in the fight is that you kind of learn the the uh, shortcomings of airbending. Like air, the way Aang is using looks like it's completely useless against King Boomy. Like <laughs> air does not beat Earth oftentimes. Uh, so much so that when Aang blows a like a huge breeze towards him, and Boomy just puts up a huge wall, he's like, "Ah, it's kind of windy in here." Are you trying to give me a cold? <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then, like all Aang's direct air attacks do nothing for him. He pretty much had to throw a block back at Boomy using air bending. He very uh, much just had to resort to counters to uh, to win yeah. the fight. Yeah, and there's that one point. Boomy does a fair amount of trash talking, um, in the sense of like right off the bat, he's like, "Ah, oh, typical airbender maneuvers, like uh, running and mm-hmm. hiding." <laughs> And I don't remember if he says it, but there's at least that implication of like you can't you can't win this way. I don't think he says anything directly like that, but he's like that feeling that you you can't win with regular airbending. You're gonna have to think outside yeah. the box, or you're gonna have to open your eyes to possibilities. So um, yeah, in the end, he kind of distracts Boomy by flinging one of his own massive uh, massive boulders back at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he splits it, but then Aang's sort of right behind it, almost the same way as when he threw the spear through the waterfall and then used air to split the waterfall, kind of. Um, so he flings this boulder, and then he's right behind this boulder, so when Boomy splits it, he's right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, before we get to that part, uh, he beats, well, he doesn't necessarily beat Boomy, but he... he a draw, it's a, maybe? It's They're a draw. both trapped yeah, under a boulder. It's a draw. As he's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no one situation. Um, and Boomy just, I love the way he earth bends into the ground. It's like, like here's Boomy, just like, and then he just twirls back up somewhere else. <laughs> uh, just I just straight up this is, like I said, it's a great introduction to, to earth bending. Um, and it's very, and then he says, right, it's very earth bending. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially if you compare it to like, if you ever watched Teen Titans, um, like to have a character named Tara who is essentially an earthbender before earthbending was a thing. But she just moves rocks. Like she can control rocks, but she just essentially throws them. And that's that's not nearly as cool as earthbending is in, in the show. She's just picking up rocks and throwing that's barely yeah. a superpower. <laughs> I did that when I was seven years old. Hit a hit a kid in the eye. Didn't didn't run inside like mom, I'm an earthbender yeah. and you're just throwing rocks. Yeah. She's not gonna buy that. Um, so there is one more test, and it is a not deadly test. Basically, Boomy, who at this point we don't know is Boomy yet, um, but he just says, uh, you know, what's my name or something like that. And yeah. then it's this is like my least favorite part of the episode, honestly, because there's not really this one of my favorite parts of the episode. There, I mean, well, I guess it's not one of my favorite, but I like this part of the episode. There's not much trigger for it. Like, he's just kind of thinking and thinking, and then. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like there's get, really a good that. trigger. And then at some point, it's just like, oh, I just got to think about the... I, I can't see things the way I'm supposed to yeah. see them. I got to open my mind to the possibilities. Like, it just it just kind of hits him um, with yeah, not would've... a whole lot of build-up. I wanted, I wanted something yeah. to kind of trigger, like, him to, to see something kind of tangible or 
Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it just felt like it came on kind of strange, especially coming down from a really big, exciting fight. Yeah, I, I get that critique of it. Uh, but I do I do love the part of like him being like, I, I do love the part of them embracing because yeah. this is Aang's long lost friend. He says, his best friend. Boomy's, he comes out and says, best yeah, friend, it, even, yeah. yeah, it's his best friend. Um, and they show that through, you know, even through the next season of the show. Um, and, you know, they do this great hug, and he says, you know, it's nice to see you, Aang. And, like, that that welcoming that he gives him, is it feels like a legit welcoming. Like, it's nice to see my old friend who I haven't, who I thought was freaking dead, <laughs> you know. It was 100 for, years ago. That guy's old as snot, yeah. man. He is at least yeah, he's 110? 112? Probably Aang the same age. I think so. Um, yeah, so it's really old friend, but, uh... I think he looks older than Aang, personally. But so they do hug, yeah. and that's really cool. And it's very, it is very touching. Um, very, very connected with Aang there. But then, more importantly, is a uh, Katara and Sokka in the background. I forget <laughs> what one of them says, like something on the order of "Hello, uh, don't forget about us," whatever. And so then, Boomy goes over there. Screw you just, guys! I got my real old friend. Yes, <laughs> we're having a moment. <laughs> Uh, but then Boomy goes over there and just breaks off a chunk of the Genomite. And he's like, Genomite's also known as rock candy. <laughs> and he just yeah. starts eating it. And it's like, oh, that would have pissed me off. <laughs> if I had known this whole time. Uh, so that's good, too. It just kind of ends on a note that's sort of a, a microcosm of the whole episode. Like, it kind of ends on a goofy, on a goofy happy note. And that makes me feel pretty good. So, um yeah. Oh, yeah, no. and one of the things I love funny. about this episode is that the first couple, like five episodes, is gives you gives you a constant reminder of the situation and what's going on. And this one, like the last one, was all right. Here's Kyoshi. Uh, she was the Avatar before Aang. She was one of the Avatars before Aang. Here's another reminder that Aang is actually really, really old. You see a flashback of him with his best friend, and now you see a current day of him with this old man who is that same best friend. It just shows a physical representation of of a, a visual representation of just how much time has gone on. That like Aang would be looking that old or dead by now if that much time has not has not passed. Um, so I always liked that. That was a quick. It was a good reminder of just the situations of the show that was happening. That's an excellent point too. That probably two other times that it kind of gets alluded to, maybe in a good way of uh, sort of putting the the viewers in, into some context is first of all, right at the beginning of the scene where they find out that Aang is the Avatar. And he's like, yep, just doing my Avatar duties and making sure there's peace and everything. And then he like lifts up the... It's not even a tablecloth, it's just a runner. like It's the strip of cloth. And he like yeah. lifts it up, he's like, everything checks out here. So uh, love each other and be nice, and we'll see you later. <laughs> trying to make a getaway. Up in it there again, it's goofy and silly, but it just is a, a little like... Hey, yeah, just doing my avatar duties because that's what I do. And then at the end, they touch on that again when Boomy just kind of straightforward says, "Your duty as the avatar is to uh, defeat Fire Lord mm-hmm. Ozai." And, like just straight, and that's the first time we hear it so bluntly. Exactly. But, yeah. Great. Yeah, I meant to bring that up. I mean, he is, which is why I, I want him in this fake movie that I'm making. He's got to um, be there. He's <laughs> an important part of a character exhibition for us. Or a plot yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he, he can deliver the exposition in a great way. Like, Aang, you've been missing for a hundred years. Uh, you have like, to do that in a you're Morgan going to face voice. Fire yeah. Oh, am I? Listen, Aang, you you've have been to missing. Fire Lord Ozai. 
I don't. I For a hundred years. <laughs> oh, I got to put more of a boomy spin on it. Hang, you have been missing. No, that's more. <laughs> For a hundred years, <laughs> you have to face the fire lord, and you have to master water, earth, and fire. When you said water, you Can had me there. That was good. That was, that was good water. Uh, yeah, felt so good. It made me think. He says when he says "tall drink of water" in Shawshank Redemption, that word was a perfect yeah, perfect one to one. Uh, but it's hard to it's hard to like mesh Booby and Morgan Freeman and trying to impersonate both of them because think... like Boomy has Boomy has such a crazy like you hear the craziness in his tone. Um, essentially, so yeah, so he said he he sets up the goal like this is the first time we have a, a long term goal like what is how is the show going to end like before this I think the Fire Lord was an afterthought really. Because um, mostly you focus on Zuko. We barely had even and, heard anything about the Avatar. I mean, a snippet. Yeah. Um, and so now, Boomy's setting up the stakes. He's like, all right, you got to... Uh, this is what you got to do, eh? You got to go learn waterbending. You have to go then learn Earth. You got to learn Fire. Only then can you defeat the Fire Lord. And you have to defeat the Fire Lord because that's the only way to stop the war. Um, so yeah, now we have our, our uh, mission statement. <laughs> <laughs> that is our team. That is our team vision, team mission statement. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I said, it's a it's a small piece that uh, you know a younger a younger me, or at least the first time I'm watching through. Uh, maybe it's just a trigger of like, oh yeah, that's Zuko's dad. But now that we're watching it again, it's like you know that really is the first time where it's it's spelled out for us so literally. We even if we know it, um, mm-hmm. just to have a character say it so bluntly. It's I don't know it's kind of refreshing in a way to like oh all right we've got a, we went from in in our Breath of the Wild allegory we went from flying around wherever to all right, all right you got to go do these separate individual yeah. things and then yes and then go get the uh, Fire Lord so yeah got, and I think at this point now. Aang pretty much is done uh, he doesn't do any of any more of that weird like no all right, I gotta go here anymore. because uh, yeah there's no more tourism with Aang. <clears throat> I think so. I can't really remember what the next episode is, but I think we're, I think we're getting to the point where we're about to go on some mission here. We're about to do some story. Oh gosh, driving is this the Great Divide? I don't recall. I, so this one started a new disc. Um, so when I watched the first disc, I just burned. I watched all four of them. Uh, this one, I literally just watched this episode. I didn't watch the other four yet. So I need to need to marathon through it. Uh, that brings me to a to a segue. Uh, we have a very unusual sponsor this week. Very different sponsor. Um, I, you know, <laughs> calling them commercials. It's really just uh, when I when I talk about something that I want to talk about, and there's no other place <laughs> to put it. But so I stumbled on this on this game on the internets, and it is called Gormiti, and so it is based off an Italian cartoon. And yeah, it's probably hard for you to. See. <laughs> Chris is looking on no, his I phone, so he's got a very limited. <laughs> Limited screen to work with. Um, and so what this is, in video games, there are so many examples of of teams using the elements to fight evil, right? That's a very common trope is there's... And it's always four elements, too. It's like four crystals of the elements in Final Fantasy, um, four keys of the elements, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's always four elements. Uh, so this I is like just, four. Four is a good number. This And so this is just an example of that in sort of modern... But I guess what I liked about it is it sort of seemed catered to about maybe the same-ish age group, like maybe a slightly younger age group um, that we would find for Avatar The Last Airbender. 
And then I also liked it because it was just sort of panned sort of universally on the internet. Like everybody hated it, but I just stumbled onto it in a separate video, uh, totally unrelated to anything related to Avatar. I was just watching it work. And I was like, first of all, that seems to resemble Avatar in sort of story-ish setting and, and age group. And second of all, it looks really fun. Like I wanted to go buy it. Even it's just panned and hated all over the internet. So I do have a video here. So here's the gameplay, and uh, as you can see, there's the dark brown guy there. He's earth, and then there's forest, water, and air, which is a little weird to have forest as one of the powers, especially when you already have earth and water. More of an electricity guy myself, big fan of Pikachu. But it just looked like my level of depth of a video game. Like, I like very superficial, I don't like a lot of hiddens and, and, and complications. I like straightforward beat-em-ups, action platformers, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, but then, and then people think about, oh, well, what about like plants and stuff? And I think plants are unable to be bent with themselves because plants is a a living thing. Like they're living and they're spiritual. Like they are part of the planet. You can't. Like it almost seems taboo or unnatural to bend something that has life in it. And I think in the world of Avatar, that would make sense that, no, you can't just, like, move plants, you can't move wood. Anyway, looks like a fun game, I thought. And it's universally hated, so it's not very expensive, so I'm to try to play it And it is called Gorbiti, Lords of Nature, based on an Italian cartoon. I have no idea why it was released in the United States. Gorbiti! That's how you think how to pronounce it. the Lords of Nature. Say it's Alan. a little Mario. I thought I was only Italian video it's game. It's me, Gorbiti. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, uh, it is it is weird that it ever came over here though. Like, why would Konami bring this Italian cartoon to the Nintendo Wii in America? But whatever, that's Gorbiti. And that's uh, that's my commercial break for the day, which leads us into ratings. And I will go first because my ratings are uneducated and usually very emotionally based. Uh, so my first one, audiovisual. I gave it an 8. Uh, a lot of the... There's no... There's no, like, grand musical scores here, but there's a lot of different percussive music uh, when they're when they're in the shoots, when uh, Aang is in the battles or during the trials. There's a lot of interesting percussive music. Uh, the, the picture of Omashu itself is very impressive. There's not a lot of like really exciting color palettes or individual moments or anything like that, but everything always just looks very exciting. It's a lot of new things we haven't seen before. Um, and like I said, there's, there's interesting enough music that's unique uh, to this episode throughout. So I gave it an 8. Uh, nothing amazing, but definitely worthwhile. Story... I wanted this to be higher, like in my in my heart. I really wanted this to be more and more exciting. It does stand on its own as kind of an interesting story, but in the grand scheme of things, again, I think we said this last episode, it's not a narrative, not a narrative driver really. There is an, it's more important than the last episode in Kiyoshi. There's more narrative driving plot points than that episode, um, but it's still just it's it's still just kind of a pit stop. And you mentioned it might be the last one of its kind at this point. Um, but uh, it does still stand on its own, at least as an interesting episode by itself, even if it's not a not a great typical story. I love the I love the ending where they where he realizes it's boomy. I love the challenges. I love seeing the big picture of Omashu and this new kind of bending and this new 
sort of a new type of person. They're training their soldiers to go off to war. So far, we've just seen isolationists, for the most part, or uh, people that were uh, trying to avoid the war as much as possible. And here we're, we're talking about a group of people going to war. So not only is there story, but there's more context and exposition that I really like. So um, it stands on its own as very interesting, even if it is just a pit stop. So that's why I gave it an 8. However, it's one of my favorite episodes of all time, and I remember so much about it. The lettuce leaf, the cabbage guy, the challenges, Boomy, uh, Flopsy, Mr. the third. Like, there's so many pieces of it that just resonate with me as a guy who enjoys corny humor. So I gave this one a very generous 9.5 on memorability because mm. it will always stick in my mind. Anytime somebody says Avatar The Last Airbender, this is probably the earliest episode that I remember first. It's maybe not the episode on top of my head all the time. But when I think of, like, uh, book one water episodes, this is probably the first one I think of. And that rounds out to, like, an 8.45, I believe, which is an 8.5, because I don't like decimals. And now to yours. All right. Uh, on to audiovisual. Gave it an 8 out of 10. Um, there's some parts that I thought the animation wasn't that great. And just when the first, like, when they first get up to the wall and they meet that guard, oh, some of the animation I just didn't jive with me. Uh, maybe because I watched it on my DVD that I just got because I wanted to see if it had commentary on it. And you I think I'm going crazy. By the way, yeah, you're nuts. Yeah. I looked online and there's no commentary here. You've invented I, you've invented get... seasons worth of commentary <laughs> in your subconscious. <laughs> okay, what if what if this is true? And that because I legit remember watching the entire series. Maybe it doesn't start until season two. With commentary on. Maybe. That could be possible. Maybe there's just a I, few I, episode skips here at the end. That's Because why would you... Because yeah. I, I remember <laughs> things about certain episodes. The thing is, is that it's not... <laughs> and they weren't. <laughs> I'm insane. And I'm laughing at you. That's great. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh at your troubles. But, uh, like, I would just change the audio setting on there. Because it'll, it'll go from English to Spanish to French to English too which had commentary. <laughs> and that's how I would always get to them. Like, I wouldn't go to special features commentary here. I would just press the subtitle, the, the audio button, and get there. Um, and so, yeah. So I've been, thing is, I've been taking, I bought this, I have, for backstory, I had all, the whole entire series on bootleg DVD. Um, maybe that was some golden bootleg DVD that had commentary on each episode. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> And then I gave those away because I bought the Blu-ray. Owner of that real DVD. <laughs> yeah, or I can just get the guy I lent it to to mail it back to me, but that seems like a lot of work. Because <laughs> he moved to the other side of the country. Uh, just, just to take the DVDs with him, so he could know he knew the secret yeah. of the DVDs, <laughs> the golden ticket that would let you get into Viacom Studios for a day. Yeah, and then I, uh, then I bought the Blu-ray. Because thinking, like, oh, well, the Blu-ray has everything that the DVDs have. And then didn't have commentary on those. So then I bought book one DVD again, the actual actual copy of it. I just bought, like, a $5 used copy on eBay. They did not have it anyway. So it could have been the DVD quality, just putting down the audiovisual. Um, but I did be, love... I think there could be some validity to the idea that maybe it doesn't start till the second season. Um, I don't know. I could, I could see that being the case, but... Uh-huh. For the for those who have not watched both, I have uh, seen enough of the Blu-ray versus the DVD. Um, it is 
I don't always say this. Like, you're talking about a guy that still plays really old video games on CRTs for fun. There's a very noticeable difference in just the smoothness of the animation in yeah. this case. Um, I, and I watch the DVDs. These screen captures are from the DVDs, and it's probably noticeable even to that extent. Yeah. Uh, but on audiovisual, I did enjoy... I enjoyed the fight a lot. That's the most audiovisual thing I did enjoy. The uh, little chase or the sliding thing was what's okay. Uh, but I did really enjoy the fight just because I think they got the nuances of the Hungar Tiger Crane fighting style very well. Can you repeat? Uh, Hungar, so Hungar Tiger Crane fighting style? And that's yes. what, uh, that's specific that's what, to Boomy or to most airbenders? It's specific to most earthbenders. Earth Toss uses a frame. Toph uses a praying mantis style, which is different. But other than that, they all use a. Uh, most of them, pretty much all of them, use the Hungar Tiger Crane. Interesting. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, but on story, gave that an eight also, because uh, like you know the characters don't really move anywhere. Uh, but like you mentioned, we do get a. At the end of it, we do get a a new goal for the entire series. Really, is because we know Aang has to learn all three elements and he has to defeat the Fire Lord. Um, so that was kind of a big, quick exposition piece. And like I said before, I also love that up at up to that point in the episode, maybe not as much. Like all that happens at the very end, kind of, <laughs> but it sets us off in a, yeah. in, a in a real direction. Yeah, um, and then I also really enjoy that it's another reminder of situation that Aang is really 112 years old. This was his best friend. Um, and his best friend is age this much, just to show how you know, this is a this representation of how long the war has been going on. Um, so I give an 8 out of 10. And on to Memorable, gave an 8.5, uh, because this is, I don't know how, how it ranks as one of the funniest episodes. I mean, there's other episodes that I find Funnier, but this is a uh, it's probably a top five funny episode. Uh, so for that, it's really um, it's really it's really good on the memorable side. And then and I always did just like that embrace that Boomy gives thing. And also, I really like crazy old people. Um, <laughs> like I don't know why I think it's my uh, I kind I mean I, I like I like crazy people. And then crazy old people is even better. Maybe it reminds me of my grandma. I don't know. <laughs> But if you if, if you have a crazy old person to anything, it's always good. I've never <laughs> in any show crazy old people are always great characters. There would be nothing more appropriate than if your grandma just happened to a watch this episode and b the next time she sees you, she just throws a cabbage at you in anger. Like yeah. that would be like a full circle of yeah. of this conversation in this episode. Got to be cabbage. Well, oh. Yeah. Yeah, overall score. Uh, eight point eight point one. It was like eight point oh five or something like that. It's very. Huh. Uh, we're very close on everything. I I I put more on the memorable, and my memorable is weighted heavier. That's most of the difference, and it's mm -hmm. easy to understand because I tend to be a fan of uh, pretty lighthearted, goofy comedy and um, and goofy things, lighthearted side of stuff. So, uh, pretty reasonable. And then that led to an 8.3 score overall, which I think that fits. It's probably the second highest one we've had so far. Yeah, I'm sure the pilot was higher. And, so far I mean, we've only just, done the pilot and Warriors of Kyoshi, and this one 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one more in there that we're forgetting about, isn't there? Yeah. Because this is episode yeah, five, sure. and so we've done. Yeah, four. you're right. You're right. Southern Air Temple. Southern Air Temple. So, and so I think this is the second highest one, which uh, in my head it seems to fit. It's certainly the probably the most yeah. exciting one uh, to date, at least. So, yeah. So far, they've all been. Uh, yeah, so far, they've all been been good. I think the last one we gave like a 7.9. Yeah, and if I had to go back, yeah. I, I don't. I think I would rate it differently, and I don't know how. But the more I think about that episode, the less I care <laughs> for it. Not that it's bad; it just it yeah. doesn't have as much bearing on the rest of the series as these other as the ep- other episodes at this point. But uh, no, what's, no. what's past is past. And yeah. yeah, it was a really good episode. I loved it. Um, it will probably be among my highest throughout most of the series. Um, I can't wait to. Uh... That's how much of a nerd I am with like analysis and just also a geek in this stuff. So I can't wait till we're all done so I can run all the numbers and see <laughs> and see how like maybe it was trending <laughs> episode over episode. See what a uh, top five of each category it is, the top the low five. My prediction is that we will get is that you and I will get slightly more and more critical as time goes on, just because we will have sort of seen everything, so to so to speak, um, our expectations mm-hmm. will grow or be set at a certain place. Like I think you just uh, you kind of grow more cynical with time, like just people and humanity in general. So I think that yeah. our ratings will gradually become maybe more critical, but that in a good way, or if there's a good thing about it, those standout episodes that are in these middle and later uh, later seasons, the middle, uh, the second and third season. Those really standout episodes, I think they're going to stick out more in a good way. So there's probably yeah. some good to come from that. Uh, I think there's some bad episodes coming up. Well, I don't, I don't want to say there's one bad episode really coming up. And I almost feel like we can just do, like, we don't have to cover that one as in deep detail. And maybe push another one, another episode in there or something. Or I don't know. Uh, or maybe we can, that'll be we can one have another we, discussion. I was yeah. going to say, let's do a, maybe we'll just split that up and we'll do like a short, um, a short discussion of the episode and then a long discussion of whatever insane <laughs> fan theories or whatever good stuff the Facebook group uh, cooks up at that point in time. That'd be a good one. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what episode you're talking about. Don't spoil it. I'm going to, I'm going to look at the back of my, okay. <laughs> I'm going to look at the back of my cardboard box and see if I can recall which one you're talking about. Um, and you will know it when you see it. Most likely, and I will most likely agree and hate it. Uh, but that day, I'll, I'll try really hard to be positive. But uh, anyway, yeah, closing thoughts. This episode has a way different vibe than any other episode we've had so far, uh, especially the past episodes. I, everything's always struck me as like, oh, the theme to this one is, is Revelation, and the theme to this one is such and such. This one, the theme is just, you just kind of chuckle, and it's a feel-good story. It has a happy ending. Yeah. It's funny the whole way through. Just makes you feel good. That's good. Yeah. I like that. So... Yeah. Uh, one thing we didn't touch on is the, uh, the color palette, as I can tell in this one, in this image you have up, is that it's uh, Earth Kingdom is definitely green. That's their green and yellow is their greens. color scheme. And there's in this episode in particular, there's a lot of very the greens like this are tend to be very bright, or at least uh, what's the word like good strong greens. Uh, a lot of the vibrant. browns had vibrant. Thank you. That, that's a good word. Uh, a lot of the browns felt felt much flatter to me like kind of just a um more of an afterthought of a brown if there is such a thing like they just didn't like i liked the green scenes much better than when they're outside and there's just kind of these tan and light brown mixtures that uh none of it popped yeah i understand yeah i get that yeah 
So vibrant, vibrant, strong colors, greens, um, especially in book two. I think there's a lot of those where, where you get kind of used to this green scenery popping up over and over and over and over again, but different topic for a different day. So, um, okay. That's no, I, I, uh, I, I, I really like the episode. It's a very enjoyable episode. Um, cause Definitely. you don't have to pay too much attention to plot. I remember, I mean, I was watching with my daughter and, uh, and, and we both enjoyed it. I know there, what there's nothing real episode, deep. But... Yeah. There's nothing real deep going on yeah. here, but it does. Like I said, no, no episode at this point has made me, has made me, uh, laugh or feel so good at the end of it. So big win. Yeah. Um, yeah, my dog's asleep. So I assume it's past my bedtime as well. And, uh, next week's a little crazy, but I do think it'd be a good idea to fit in like a one-off discussion. Um, at some point that sounds like a lot of fun. So if any debates pop to your mind in particular, uh, I have two in mind. Excellent. Uh, do you want to preview one that we or disagree do you on? To, apparently do you, uh, yeah, sure. Let's preview let's it. Preview uh, it. cause the most recent conversation that I brought up on the Facebook group was, uh, cause someone had brought up like, Oh, Aang versus Korra, who would win? And then, uh, and then, like seeing all the response to that, like a lot of eighty percent of them said Aang. And in my head, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. What, like, why? So then I posted, like, why would anyone logically choose Korra? I mean, why would anyone logically, why would anyone logically choose Aang over Korra in a fight? Um, but and there was a lot of responses. Apparently, I am on the wrong side of this um, on this debate. It's, t- it's tougher to stand uh, alone, Chris. I think yeah, what we'll fun. find, I'm not going to take this angle whenever we do that video because that's not fun. I'm going to be in full-on like debate mode, at least to the best of my ability. But at least in this episode previewing it, it's one of those things where if you really tried to slap a bunch of pros and cons together, I think what you're going to come up with is it would be a very intense draw. There would be no winner. Yeah. There would only be yeah. loss and disappointment. Uh, <laughs> but when we have that discussion as an episode... Uh, we'll, we won't think that way. That won't be an option. There will be no draws. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's and then, a uh, discussion. Yeah, and then I have a couple other ideas on, on some discussions we can have. But that will probably be the first. That one's the most recent and fresh in my head. And also, we can draw from a uh, from a lot of comments <laughs> yes. on that. Good also, material. to support either one this, of our. Well, I guess it mostly support the ink. Which is good because I need that fight. kind of help. I'm not real good at debates. <laughs> I tend to be a go with the flow kind of a podcast guy. Um, yeah. tend to be the the Kurok, uh, the Kurok, uh, the Kurok of, No one wants to be the Kurok of, of of people. I never really understood what he like. It says he is going with the flow, which like uh, sort of politically I get, but most of the time <laughs> I don't think of like these as, as sort of brazen, uh, confident individuals. Those aren't usually go with the flow people. Like that part didn't didn't mess mesh well in my head, but. Whatever. Like he would be more apt to like go out there and show off his strength to to solve an issue or stop a war or whatever. It seems like, but maybe not. Maybe uh, yeah, yeah, it. it just didn't mesh personality wise with. But what well, different conversation? I need to get more into the other parts of Avatar mm-hmm. canon before I can. Yeah. Before I can defend that claim. But Which that's well, that's one that's one of the discussions I want to have is. Um, is pretty much ranking all the avatars we know. Um, how many do we actually know and have interactions with in this TV series? So not Korra, uh, just from the oh, last well, And just this one? Um, four. Because in my mind, I still want to kind of keep no, them, five. the two series separate. There's five. There's, uh, there's five we we learned. One of the four most uh, recent. 
Well, Juan, Juan shows up in Korra. Oh, that is Korra. That's right. Yeah. I was thinking that. So when it comes, the new ones we learned of in Korra is just Korra and Juan. And this one we learned of five, which is, uh, well, there's, there's Aang, Kyoshi. I'll go in order. Aang, Roku, Kyoshi, um, Korok, and uh, Yang Chen. And that was the previous airbender, right? That's the cycle is uh, yes. air, air, water, earth, fire. Yes. Yep. Interesting. That'll be a good conversation. Um, I almost feel like we need Korra in that. Yeah, just, just I thought would, we had uh, more entice, exposure. Yeah, I thought we had more entice exposure. Some, uh, probably more viewership. I can already imagine the thumbnail of uh, a bunch of avatars on there. Who's the best avatar? <laughs> you're going to have to create... You're going to have to create the thumbnail because I hate photo editing, so I'm going to put that one on you. <laughs> I just do it on an app. <laughs> Boom. It's perfect. Um, I got an idea. We will we'll rank the avatars one week. We'll go in blind. You'll rank yours. I'll rank mine. We'll come in blind. We'll present them to each other. Mm. And then yeah. when we realize that we have way different listings, uh, that's that will spark our debate for the next one-off episode. Uh, of of who would win or who was the better, why, whatever. Like when I have Aang yeah. ranked first and you have Korra ranked first, or however it turns out, uh, that'll lead to a better battle discussion, I think. Mm. Would either be ranked first? You'll just, they'll just have to wait. The ten you'll, viewers have to wait until have to whatever fake amount of time that we uh, decide to do that. <laughs> whatever. Listen, <laughs> I don't have much of a life, but Chris has kids. You know, he's got other things going on. Um, yeah, that sounds like a fun conversation at some point, and it'd be nice to. Uh, to break up regular episode rotation. I will find out what episode is the bad episode you're referring to. And that <laughs> week, that week we'll kind of, uh, we'll split that episode in half and we'll get okay. out of it. That sounds like a decent idea. Um, in the meantime, uh, it has been pleasant. Thank you for calling over and I will talk to you in a couple weeks. All right.